Really, the goal is just to use our stories to bring veterinary medicine to life for the pet caretakers of the world. Uh, and we're doing it because we believe that educating these caretakers is the most powerful thing that we can do to improve the life quality of all of the pets that we love. Hey everybody, Dr. Natalie Keith. Dr. Josiah Dame. And this is Vet Tales. Vet Tales, round what? four for me. Round four for you? This is only your fourth one? I think so. Oh. Three or four. I think you're a fan favorite. I'm having fun doing it. It is it's a lot of fun. fun. It's almost therapeutic in a way. Like, get all those thoughts in our head on the outside. Yeah, and it's applicable and fun to just discuss things and have yeah. people understand a little bit deeper. We have more time to chat about it. Yeah, my favorite thing too is being able to take our clients, like when they have a, a condition we're talking about or like we're, you know, recommending something. Um, to be able to be like, hey, go back and listen to this when your brain has more time to think about it. Yeah, because anytime you get any information when you're like have an emotion at the same time, yeah, um, I don't hear anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even just like circling back to like food trials, it's just like that's so much information to take in. Oh yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's been great. I I really liked it. It's been very good. Yeah. So we actually had one of our clients specifically request that Dr. Dame do a um, talk on chronic kidney disease so we're just going to talk about kidneys today yeah kidneys yeah which they're important so important um and we see a lot of um dysfunction in them yeah so like i think we should start by just talking about what do kidneys do like why are they there yeah because that's i mean that's foundational definitely kidneys are there to filter blood Mm -hmm. which creates urine yep um, so they get all those little waste so products they, exactly. out. Exactly. They get the waste products out with the urine. So fluids and waste products are removed from the blood, which is filtered blood is literally urine. Yeah. <laughs> which is, some people don't know that. Yeah. Um, and uh, then it's excreted out of their bodies. Um, and when they're not working, things make it through that shouldn't make it through. Mm-hmm. And also things don't get removed that should be removed. Like... I mean, for example, fluid in and of itself. So, I, I mean, you know, that's um, the big thing is that the, I guess, what I'm thinking is removing as in filtering back into the system. Mm-hmm. So, um, one of the big things that the kidney does is actually saves water. I think it's around 95% gets recycled mm-hmm. of everything you take in, um, should be getting processed through the kidney and put back into the bloodstream cleaner, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to getting urinated out. And if your kidney cannot concentrate that urine, cannot save that liquid, you're in a pickle. Yeah, and you're just like in a state of dehydration no matter how much you drink. Exactly. It's exactly right. I um, I don't want to get too far into away from talking about what the kidneys do yet, but I will say like my number one thing that just like like this this myth bust that I want to do right now and forever is that I will say to owners, hey, I'm a little worried about your dog's kidneys or cat, you know, whatever. We'll talk about cats quite a bit today, and they'll say, oh no, her kidneys are fine. She's urinating tons. <laughs> And I'm like, yep. yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's my that's, that's the number one thing is that when they stop concentrating their urine, they pee a lot. And so that is again why I'm worried. So we have this 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 long-standing misconception that 
animals with failing kidneys don't urinate, mm -hmm. and, which can happen with like the most extreme version of it, which I've never actually even seen an animal get to that point where they're what we call oliguric or not urinating. Yep. Um, but that, I mean, wow. That's I've never like, seen that either. Mm -hmm, it is so intense. So urine, uh, polyuric, polydipsic, meaning drinking way too much and peeing way too much for normal. Yeah, and that that's another thing that people will say, no, the kidneys are fine. She flushes them out, great, because she's always drinking a lot of water. And then you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that, because she can't save it. Because yeah. she can't save it, so she's dehydrated even though she's drinking a ton Yeah, it's of like having a bucket with a giant hole in the bottom. Yep, that's exactly what's happening. That's exactly what's happening. Exactly. So. Yeah, this is a cat episode. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> is. Um, yeah, so like another thing that the kidneys do that I think it, they get way underrepresented for is actually detecting the level of hemoconcentration or the amount of red blood cells that are um, circulating and then sending back a message to the bone marrow to be like, hey guys, we need some more red blood cells. Mm -hmm. Like stat. Which is super cool when we were just talking about that yesterday. Yeah, erythropoietin. Um, is the messenger. Is the messenger that the kidney sends to the bone marrow to tell it how many red blood cells. And so if you have a kidney that's like just hanging on by a thread, then animals will also become anemic because they're not sending out the signal to the bone marrow to continue producing red blood cells. Yeah, and we call that anemia of chronic disease. So that tends to be a not as severe as an anemia as, as you can see. Yeah. Um, but um, it always is good to know when you see it because that's kind of telling you where you are with those kidneys. Yeah. You're probably absolutely. a little bit more advanced. Exactly. And there are, you can, I have on cats given injections of erythropoietin or, or EPO as we call it for obvious reasons. Um, and uh, been able to regenerate some red blood cells that way yep. and help when the patient. When they get lower and yeah. they need that help. Especially We've again, cats. this is always cats. Cats yeah. and the chronicity of the disease. Exactly. Cats are going to be our over-representation today. Yes, they are the poster child of today. kidney disease. So yeah, let's do it. Let's talk about let's talk about poster children. Yeah. So kind of who we're going to see develop, you know, chronic kidney disease, um, kidney disease in general. Um, we're going to be overrepresented by cats. Yeah. And that is because cats' kidneys get tired over time. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's kind of the easiest way to say it. Um, so. I would say I'm shocked when my cats don't have some kind of kidney insufficiency by the age of 13. I usually tell people yeah. that. Yeah, it's almost like a part of the aging process for them, and they do live so long mm -hmm. that um, you gotta really baby those kidneys for that last, you know, five, 10 years. Yeah, and what about dogs? Who's representing dogs, do you feel like? I still feel like it's this old is my feelings, patients. But not. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're just talking about how we feel. When it comes to dogs, of like which which dog <laughs> I feel like over over represents for dogs, I don't know if it's factual, but I, I don't know. I feel like it's the Yorkie. I was gonna say Yorkie. <laughs> I was totally gonna say Yorkie. Yes, old Yorkies. Old Yorkies like to have kidney stuff. They sure do. And so. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. see it in other small breed dogs too, um, but you very rarely see it in large breed. Dogs for uh, as an just because of their age or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, when you when you have kidney disease in an older dog, you're thinking other causes besides just age and time. Yes, but for my Yorkies, I'm thinking age and time. But yeah. that also may be because a lot of the Yorkies are 15, 16, 17. Yeah. Like I've seen yeah. some old Yorkies. Well, and then like just to kind of touch back on a podcast Dr. Goodall and I had done a few weeks ago um, was that dental disease is so prevalent in the small breed dogs. And we, yeah, we are good. very aware of the fact that the bacteria 
bacteria in that gum line is shedding to the heart valves and to the kidney. That's a good call. Yeah. yeah. And that to, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And so I think that's probably why we see it more in the little guys mm -hmm. than the kidney, uh, than the big guys, because they don't really have the same dental that's disease. That's so true. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I mean, it's got to play in there. So we know it's, we know that dental disease is one of the leading causes of, of uh, heart murmurs in small breed dogs. And so I am absolutely certain it plays into their kidney disease as well. 100%. So that brings us to, so we know like our who. The who. The who. So now I guess let's talk about the presentation. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, so I would say that you're going to break them out into acute and chronic typically. Yeah. Um, just in, in general. So like, let's just say we're only talking about these old dogs first and we, or, and cats, and we will not talk about other causes yet. Yeah. Um, these dogs are going to have a long history of drinking and peeing too much. Mm -hmm. And then they're going to actually owners are going to bring them in because they're not eating well. Or, yep, or spitting up. Yeah. Or, and so vomiting, I should say. So yeah, but they'll, t yeah, they tell us they're spitting up. Spitting usually up. because that they aren't eating and they're throwing up like bile. Bile. Yeah. So that, Slime. that slimy white or the slimy green tinge, yellow tinge fluid. Um, yeah, and it's because they feel super nauseous. Mm -hmm. They're nauseated. Right. Um, which is happening because as our B1 and creatinine, which we'll talk about a little bit more uh, later, as those are elevating, um, it, it creates um, increased gastric acid in the stomach, which uh, then creates some ulcerations and that creates chronic pain and inappetence and then nausea. So if any, if any of you have ever had a gastric ulcer, not that I've had several ever, you know, uh, they hurt like the dickens and, and they take a while to get rid of too. They do, and they just feel so dumpy. Yeah, like fluey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially if they're phosphorus, which we also haven't quite dug into yet, but the phosphorus, when it creeps up, they feel fluey. Yeah, and I, I, a lot of people will come to me and be like, this just happened, like overnight they felt sick. Like how could my dog have chronic yeah. kidney disease? Chronic, it's been going on for a long time that will happen they will just kind of acutely change because their body has been keeping up with the change because it's been a slow change but then they hit a threshold and then they're like no yeah. i feel dumpy yeah it's I feel like sick. it's like the cup overflowing yeah exactly you know it just takes a while to get to the top but you don't see the results until the water goes over the edge exactly so yeah um now on the flip side we have this whole other category of creatures um that are coming in with acute toxin or or uh, infectious causes so yes. they'll have acute renal failure um you want to you want to hit some of those high points yeah so then we have the ones that are coming in with an acute injury to the kidneys me acute meaning sudden so it happened as opposed to adorable <laughs> yeah super cute, <laughs> super cute. uh so it, it's happened suddenly so those are going to be our younger patients typically so our two-year-old you know cat that got into a lily flower um like tiger lilies mm -hmm. so that's going to cause an acute injury to the kidneys and potential kidney failure that we may not be able to come back from um uh, dog and cat can get into like antifreeze yeah, that antifreeze has is, yeah, onto the, the driveway um, and lapped it up because it's a very sweet substance and that is a classic acute kidney injury. Oh, thank goodness the air conditioner kicked off. For all of you <laughs> so that are wondering what happened, I forgot to turn off the air conditioner today, I'm sorry. Um, so those are two very common uh, kidney toxins um, that, that we will see. Um, and those dogs present drunk 
Mm. They're mm -hmm. staggering about. Cats, yeah. yeah, or yeah, cats as well. Um, although cats sometimes will just die before you ever get to see them yes. from antifreeze. But um, dogs, a lot of times, they're big enough and they're getting a small enough quantity per pound of dog mm -hmm. that um, they'll present. Uh, my husband, actually, when we very first started dating, he had this border collie that she was mean as fire. Her name was Hussy, and she earned it. I don't know if I could say that on a podcast, but that was her name. God love her. She was the best dog ever. But at the time, in her in her youth, <laughs> Dr. James, like... I'm speechless. <laughs> it was her name. Anyway, I'm sorry. We're full of transparency <laughs> here. It's on her, her little cremation box. I've still got her... I mean, come on. <laughs> she earned it. She would be bite anybody. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so I was like literally worried about how I was going to like integrate with this dog mm -hmm. into my future husband's life because we had just started dating. And she got into antifreeze. Oh no. And my husband was devastated. Of course, you know, again, just like just started dating him at the mm -hmm. time. So, um, and I was her technician and I was like, we're going to get through this dog. And she didn't bite me and we were friends ever since, but she came in classic, um, wobbly staggering. We were able to find the, the, the classic crystals on the urinalysis to confirm that's what it was. Mm -hmm. And we just flushed the tar out of her kidneys for days. And, um, she was completely fine. Lived to be 17. Um, if you also hear Max, <laughs> Dr. Keith's dog is snoring in the background. Let's see. Is he going to do it now? awkward silence yeah now he's not now he's not gonna do it um, but if you hear this yeah that's yeah it. so toxin yeah. uh the other one would be infection so in dogs um leptospirosis yeah. that thing that we vaccinate your dogs against every please. year um breeders please. breeders please stop telling your your new puppy owners to to not do the lepto vaccine it is not the same vaccine that yep. was in existence 15 years ago yep. it is extremely safe and it is way more common than we ever gave it credit yep. for yep and don't yeah, that's what's going to kill your dog mm -hmm. is lepto because it is bad. And, and you, you have to catch it. it early. And humans can get it. Zoonotic, yeah. meaning your dog, when it pees, because it has acute kidney injury, so it's peeing a lot more. Um, and, and you, you pick it up your dog. And pees in the house because it like had an accident on the floor because it's peeing more. And you wipe it up. You can get lepto. Mm -hmm. um, and if you know if it's, it's a disease where if you don't catch it early, it's too late. Um, so it's a tough one. Um and it's tough to diagnose. Yes. And so, you know, leptos, vaccinate, vaccinate, vaccinate. Uh, I think one of the most famous kind of outbreak cases was actually in Chicago. Yes. So that it's a, Back a, to and, the and a bunch of Yorkies because they were uh, drinking water from uh, restaurant bowls um, that rodents had peed in. And raccoons also in the parks yes. were, were another source. And back then, of course, because uh, that's probably been 10 years ago mm -hmm. that the outbreak occurred, they were saying only dogs that lived on the farm with like farm animals needed lepto and the, the little anymore. dogs. Not anymore. Everybody we know better. It. So that's what, yeah, I was saying that because even the small, you know, even your smaller dogs who are living in your house, they need a lepto vaccine. Doc actually, when I was living in the city, um, caught a rat in my backyard, a big rat in Dallas. And I was like, oh, when has his last lepto vaccine? Right? And I was like, no. I know. Uh, so yes, vaccine against lepto, because that's going to be one of the ones that we see in dogs that causes infection wise that causes it. And then also UTI. So I actually, mm -hmm. last week's vet tail, um, yep. last week I had a cat present with pyelonephritis, which means infection of the kidney, probably from an ascending, meaning moving upwards from the bladder. So we had a UTI that moved upwards to the kidney, mm -hmm. causing severe acute kidney injury. Um, probably some of the worst creatinine and BUN levels that I've ever seen. 
um, and responded very quickly to antibiotics and fluids. So, yeah. you know, just ascending infection from a UTI even can cause acute injury. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, so those dogs look a little different on presentation because they're going to be pretty darn sick. Mm -hmm. Mine was a cat. Or that, yeah, yeah, that one was a cat, yeah. Um, but yeah, they'll come in ill, febrile, mm -hmm. vomiting, mm -hmm. um, and it will have hit them like a ton of bricks. Yeah. Um, in a different way than this this whole cup overfilling with a chronic. Exactly. You know, where, where really like in hindsight you can look back and be like, yeah, maybe she hasn't been eating as well. Maybe the they've last been couple. vomiting yeah. every other day. Yeah, exactly. But it's been like a tiny spit ups, but they're still eating their food and holding it down for the most part. Yeah, because so. that's classic for an ulcer. Exactly. Nasty little ulcers. All right. Okay, cool. So um, there are some other like random diseases that can look really similar. So um, we talk about my dog Max a lot, the one snoring in the background. He has um, diabetes insipidus. Mm -hmm. um, so he actually, uh, the, he's always been a big drinker peer, but you know, he's also like, he's a pit bull-ish type dog. And you know, like a lot of them kind of drink a lot. So I wasn't really worried about it per se. Um, he'd had blood work for his like routine, um, like dentals and things like that. And it was always fine. And then we got our new machine in for the SDMA, which we'll talk about more in treat and diagnostics. But, um, they were like, Hey, we need a normal, healthy dog to just make, you know, run our, uh, get our like specs set up on the machine. And I was like, okay, well, Max is back in the office cause he comes with me every day. And they were like, uh, <laughs> his test is normal. His specific gravity is low and his SDMA is high. And I was like, oh no. And so I was super worried that he was going to go into renal failure, but then it um, ends up being diabetes insipidus, which is a different disease entirely where uh, the kidney is just not receiving the signal it needs to tell the body to concentrate the urine. Mm -hmm. And so um, it, um, it, it he just drinks a lot and he's fine. Yep, drinks and, a lot. And that's been how many years ago? I was a technician or assistant, sorry. Um, hmm. Six, seven. Yeah, six, seven. Yep. Yeah, because he's 11 now, so he was like five. More or than that. I was an undergrad. Oh. I've been a doctor for <laughs> three, three going on three four years. going on four years. So, and um, I wasn't in vet school, so yeah. four years before that. Yeah, although maybe we're just popping. I, I don't remember exactly, remember. but yeah, he was probably about four, and he's yeah. 11 now. So we'll say seven years. Seven Either years. way, and he's been stable ever since. But yeah. it looked a lot like it was going to be early renal disease. disease. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thankfully, that was not the case, so he, he does very well. But Another one would be diabetes in our cats and dogs. But, you know, some of the top three diseases for cats are going to be, older cats are going to be kidney disease, diabetes, and hyperthyroidism. Diabetes can present pretty similar, so you're going to be peeing and drinking more often. That's going to be one of the big things that the owners and notice. And possibly losing weight. And losing weight. And yeah. so, that, you know, that's a presentation for diabetes too. So the nice thing is, um, we can roll into di talk about diagnostics now, but yeah. the diagnostics that we do to diagnose kidney disease, we're also going to be able to diagnose diabetes. So absolutely. It, it's like two birds, one yeah, stone. Absolutely. So yeah, let's just do it. Let's talk, Let's walk through like a typical, let's say, you know, 14 year old cat that's mm -hmm. not eating super well, maybe losing some weight and owner feels like peeing and drinking more. They're drinking, yeah. Flood in the litter box. Yeah. Yeah, so that owner's gonna you know, come in and we're gonna say, hey, like we want to run a comprehensive panel, which comprehensive panel just means it's gonna look at the liver, kidney values, proteins, those blood types sugar. of things, blood sugars. Um, and then a CBC, just cause we always check our red blood cell, white blood cell count. Um, uh, 
and then we're also going to do a urinalysis. Mm -hmm. um, so those are the three tests that we start with. Um, yep. Urinalysis is going to tell us concentration ability of the urine, um, which is probably the biggest thing, and to see if you have a UTI. Because UTI, UTIs can also cause yep. weird All urine stuff. Things. Yeah, um, it can cause dilute urine yeah. and more drinking um, if it's a... If they're uh, trying to compensate, yeah. Compensate, exactly. So um, so we'll run that lab work, and what we'll typically find is an azotemia, which is a fancy word to say that the creatinine and BUN are elevated, um, which those, why we look at creatinine BUN, those are great markers to tell us if the kidney is filtering out those things because they're yeah. supposed to be removed by the kidney. Yeah, going back to the beginning. Exactly. Like that's one of the things the kidney is supposed to be dumping out in the urine. And if it's not doing that, then you become what we call azotemic. Because it's all building up in the bloodstream instead of getting peed out. Exactly. And so essentially it's it's not produced by the kidney. We're not looking at something produced by the kidney, but we're looking at something that the kidney should be taking care of and it's not doing that anymore. Yeah. Um, and then It's like you know there's a wreck up ahead when there's 75 car pile up, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it wasn't the car cars that were the problem. <laughs> it was the wreck in front. Exactly. So. And then with kidney disease, um, then we will look at the urine and see that the specific gravity is low, lower than what it should be. So in cats, the specific gravity, how we read it out is going to be anything below 1.035, which doesn't really mean anything to, to anybody, but dogs, it'll be uh, 1.030 or 1030. Um, so. And for reference, like max comes in at about 1015. Yeah. So, you know, so the lower that number gets, like 1010, 1008, like that's more dilute. Exactly. And then uh, more concentrated, you might see it be like 1050. Exactly. And 1050 is typically where like our younger dogs are going to be coming in at who aren't cats drinking will be a like bunch of water. 1055 plus 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 plus. plus, 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 plus. <laughs> They're like really, really high. They We don't even read. They're chronically dehydrated. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, we don't even read the level no. they're actually at. Um, and so. And then the, you know, the third test that we may or may not run is an SDMA. Um, yeah. And SDMA is anything above 14 um, is going to be drawing into question yeah. why that is. And, and, it's, and why the, would we maybe not run SDMA? Well, the reason we wouldn't run it is because it is actually the most sensitive. And exactly. so you're really using SDMA as a screening test um, to like for your healthy dogs, which we can get into when we talk about prevention and treatment. But essentially, if you already know that your BUN and creatinine is elevated, then you know you're at 75% loss of your kidneys, exactly. which means one whole kidney and half of the other is not doing its job. Yep. And then... If you scoot back and your BUN and creatinine are okay and it's just dilute urine, we're just not concentrating, then we've lost about 66% of our kidney function. Mm -hmm. um, but SDMA can detect it anywhere from 25 to 45% kidney loss, which we all know like somebody or, or you know, indirectly you've heard of someone donating a kidney or people say, I'm going to sell my kidney to you know pay my vet bill. I had that today, today. Which kidney should I sell so I can send off my culture? I love you. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm trying. Anyway, so um, if we lose a whole kidney, we're still at 50%. So there's literally no ill effect to the system still, but your SDMA would probably be elevated, yeah. meaning that your other kidney is kind of trying Working to beef overtime. up. Yeah, it's beefing up its show over there. Yeah, so SDMA is our, we like to call it our early kidney disease, like kind of monitoring. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's yeah screening. I like to call it a tiebreaker too. Sometimes sometimes so like, it's a tiebreaker. Sometimes yeah. it's a um, absolutely useless panic button yeah. for nothing. Because nothing is black and white. Yeah. Um, so, but like so like for Max that day, you yeah. know he has this low specific gravity and his SDMA was slightly high, 
And so we really thought it was going to continue to escalate, but it never did. It okay. actually went back down and then up and down, and, and it bounces around 15. Now, mm -hmm. if I had an SDMA come in at 35, boom. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a, that's a good thing to bring up is in your cats and dogs who aren't yet in this issue of chronic kidney disease, um, baseline lab work is so oh important. Oh my gosh, it's critical. So when your cat or dog it's gets to seven, eight, filling. nine, um, consider doing lab work while they're doing fine. Because if I can compare to, oh, you know, last year we were, our creatinine was 1.4 and, you know, now we're two, um, that's that's really good information to yeah, have. Yeah, even though creatinine, what's the 2.5 is the upper end of reference? Um, normal. Um, oh, that was albumin. We were looking albumin. at that today. <laughs> <laughs> albumin. Uh, 2.5. Yeah. Creatinine for dogs, actually, anything above 1.4 is, is inappropriate. So. And sometimes you're... In reference to the urine concentration ability, because... If you yeah. have a concentrated urine, but your creatinine is three, you're just dehydrated. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, so that's the other reason. So like, let's just say we only ran lab work on your dog and they were azotemic, which we talked about earlier being elevated butane and creatinine. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean they have renal disease. That may just mean they're really dehydrated. Yeah. And so if the specific gravity is concentrated, you flush them out with fluids and everybody's happy. Again. Yeah. And so... I'm sorry when I um, come back in your room and say, hey, can I steal your dog one more time to go get urine or yeah. steal your cat one more time to get urine? It's because I care about their kidneys. Yeah. And I want to know, are they just dehydrated or are they in chronic kidney disease? Yeah. So it's very important. Um, yeah. So that's diagnostics yeah. that we would run. Yeah. That's basically it. I mean, if we're, if we're really getting stuck, we also have things like ultrasounds that are available. To look um, at the kidneys. Yep. See absolutely. if they're abnormal. X-rays mm -hmm. to look at the size of the kidneys in comparison to like... We compare them to the vertebrae. It's kind of how you measure a kidney. Yep. Um, and then uh, some other tests. Or, yeah. Yeah. Some other tests we may do um, is blood pressures um, to see if they have hypertension because that can contribute to kidney disease. And another one would be a special test called a urine protein creatinine ratio or meow, protein meow. in the urine. Yeah. Um, which sometimes you can chase that test a little bit. And yeah. It can get, yeah, a little overcomplicated. In the weeds. Mm-hmm. But if you have a weird case and you really need as much information as possible, it's available. Yeah. You know? So I would call those secondary to tertiary tests. Where like yeah. we're, we may not do them every time, but we... We're trying to nail down something at that point. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. <clears throat> so that's great. Um, those are the diagnostics. Treatment. So like, like, so like Dr. Dame is saying, you know, this early intervention is critical, which is why when we're recommending these blood tests and urine tests to be done at seven, eight, nine years old when your dog looks normal, it's because we're trying to catch them before the cup is overflowing. Mm -hmm. We'd like to catch it while it's just getting kind of full. And uh, then we have a ton of different things that we can do to slow the progression of this renal disease. Exactly. And so we use a staging system from the um, International Renal Interest Society who makes kind of Iris. Iris, Iris staging. I say that in rooms sometimes and I'm like, should I explain what that is? Well, now I have. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, they have a four stages basically to kidney disease. And so um, no stage, you're not in kidney disease. Stage one, you're in early kidney disease and there's really not much we do mm -hmm. other than treat diseases that are contributing to the kidney disease. Yeah. So like hypertension, so high blood pressure um, can be contributing, um, you know, glomerulonephritis, which is like inflammation yeah. of your um, little tubules that filter things in the kidneys. Um, so 
those kind yeah. of things. And then, yeah, making sure they stay hydrated, like making sure they exactly. got good access to clean, fresh water. Exactly. So basically stage one, we're kind of prepping and then that and tells aware. us and being aware. So yeah. that tells me, okay, now you need to come in every three to six months to check those kidneys and yeah. see how they're doing. Um, I feel like gold, gold standard, which we've talked about before is like best practice is technically three months, but that is a huge ask for a lot of people. So sometimes we push that out to every six months. Yeah. Um, and then stage two is when we start to really make lifestyle yeah. changes. If you want to talk about it. Yeah. So, um, for me, I, at this point, I really want to make sure that we're getting into diet change, mm-hmm. um, decreasing the protein intake in the diet. Um, cause I don't think we did that in stage one. No, we don't. Okay. Stage two. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, and so that's, that's my, my big one. And then it, it Depending on how long it took him to get from stage one to stage two, then we're kind of thinking like, maybe we need to push for that every 90 day check, mm-hmm. you know, um, are we tinkering on the edge of needing to add blood pressure medications, exactly. you know, yep. those the, are the, the big ones. And uh, typically that's going to be stage three. Yeah. Stage three, I feel like it's more common where you're going to see a lot more protein being lost in the urine. So you're going to, you know, push a little bit and higher blood pressure. So you're going to be pushing for that. And stage three is when I start to see the drop in the, um, and uh, you start developing the anemia. Yeah. Is stage mm-hmm. three. Yeah, especially in the cats. Yes. So that's when they you may, may start to drop their potassium as well. Exactly. And uh, stage two, I feel like phosphorus isn't as big of a deal. Definitely if we switch the diet. Yeah. But stage three is when we may add in like additional the phosphate binders. Phosphate binders, which are something that you put on top of the food that will help bind even more phosphate to get uh, it out of the blood. Out of the blood. Um, because the diets that you're on are going to be lower in phosphate, mm-hmm. so you have a better Absolutely. control. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because the phosphates it makes them feel really yeah. gluey. And stage four is is oh no. Oh no. Yeah. That's when we are usually recommending our IV fluids at this point. Um, standard of care here is three days on IV fluids to flush, 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 mm-hmm. and then we're assessing to see how much progress we're making. And then of course we're doing all the other things we've already mentioned. So we've got them on the benazepril or nalapril. We have the diet change going on. We've got the phosphate Treating binders. Treating UTI if there's secondary UTI. Underlying, yeah, underlying diseases, um, the protein uh, diet change, the increasing hydration, all those things have already been done, but now we're flushing the system with IV fluids to yeah. get those toxins out another vet tale um so you know i had a patient last week who came in with a creatinine of of six um and we did our traditional three-day iv fluids and the creatinine did not budge and that was on high rate of fluids so when you when you have a creatinine which is that that azotemia that those valued markers that we're watching if those aren't moving that makes you say it's just going to get worse when we take them off the fluids. Mm-hmm. So, you know, those are the scenarios where you're like, okay, the kidneys aren't going to bounce back. Yeah. Because you can have something called acute on chronic. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, so you have not great kidneys, but then something has happened that causes them to kind of go into um, kind of panic. more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> panic, more failure. And um, and you can kind of undo that damage by, by flushing with it is, you know, kind of high bolus of yeah. fluids. But I think the frustrating thing for me is let's just say that we're back to this the same chronic patient that comes mm-hmm. in and they've got this azotemia and so forth. And, you know, our, our creatinines are, you know, maybe creatinines five and BUN's like 80, you know, which BUN's a little more, it, it's more volatile. It'll, it'll go up and down a little more freely than creatinine. 
Um, you don't really know when that dog walks in and it's the first time you've done blood work and you have no baseline, you have no idea how long this has been creeping up. You don't know. It, are they going to bounce back with fluids or not? And I, I tell know. the owners, we really don't have a good prognostic indicator for these situations. We've got some clues mm -hmm. that may tell us if this patient is going to do well on IV fluids or if we're going to wind up right back where we started in three days. Yep. But ultimately, until you do the three days of fluid, you don't know. Because it shocked me on both sides of it. Completely. Because you don't know, like, if they are a chronic kidney, you'd be shocked, y'all. If you, like, some dogs will walk, and cats will walk in with a 5-creatinine and be acting pretty normal. Mm-hmm. And then you'll have another dog who's at three who just feels terrible. Yeah. Because it's all about how quickly did you get there. Mm -hmm. And so if you got there pretty quick, and chronic kidneys can get there pretty quick, shockingly, but it can kind of be the acute on chronic scenario, you know, it's going to depend on how bad you feel. Yeah. Yeah. And so ultimately kind of where I wind up in that situation is just like, if, if I've got no other reason to not do it, like let's say the dog's also in congestive heart failure, or also has cancer or, you know, some other, you know, reason that I feel like prognosis is going to be especially poor, then I just say, listen, three days of fluids is going to be the only way we're going to know. Yep. And we run the fluids and we recheck the levels. And then it, uh, your goal is hopefully to take this patient from four to three. Yep, exactly. And then, or two sometimes. You yeah, can get you, back can. To, you can. Get yeah, back to I had this place. one dog named Scooby. And he uh, presented in um, renal failure, needing stage four, needing IV fluids, and had congestive heart failure. And that was a year and a half ago. And that little critter, he's a Yorkie mix, and he just keeps mm -hmm. going. Like, he comes in for his every three-month checks, and mm -hmm. his BUN stays, like, around 70, and his creatinine's, like two mm, and his congestive heart failure just keeps going and he's just happy as a clam yep. has no idea yep. and then you'll have other ones that just dive off a cliff and there is nothing you can do and yeah. it's and, and so it's just every patient's its own and you just have to give them the best shot you can and then uh and then you just manage with yep. the tools that you have available to you yeah um something you know back mentioning management you know like we talked about the more common things are gonna be blood pressure meds food diet change to the royal canin um, renal support um, or science diet, medicated diets, which I feel like we've talked about. And then um, uh, sub-Q fluids, more commonly in cats, I feel yeah. like. So we yeah, may teach you how to do some sub-Q like, fluids. But. Some of the studies have debunked the value yeah. of the sub-Q, but I still feel like hydration is better than not. And a lot of that depends on if your cat's a good drinker. Mm -hmm. If they're not a good drinker, sub-Q fluids are going to help. Yeah. But I look otherwise. at some of my cats and I'm like, yeah, you're, you're not a good drinker. I like to call them craisins. Yeah. Cat raisins. Yeah. Salem does not drink water. I don't think I've ever seen him drink water. That's a joke. I have. But, like, he just <laughs> never gets to the water bowl. And then Mateo is, like, all about the water. Yeah. Like, if he hears water running somewhere, he's, like, right there. And he's That's like, okay. let me drink some of that. And I'm like, go for it, buddy. That's right. Keep it going. Hydrate those kidneys. Yeah. Salem's going to have kidney disease. Mateo, this is me seeing in the future because they are um, not old. They're three and two. Two, three or four and uh i'm like salem's gonna have kidney disease mateo's gonna be diabetic yeah. because guys i have a fat cat oh I no do. oh I do. no that's why i don't pass a lot of judgment on people with fat cats because i have a fat well cat. you don't have to pass judgment i don't pass so judgment then. to make a, a solid recommendation to prevent type 2 diabetes i know agree. guys <sighs> anyway but. all right okay so we have to go we have a doctor's meeting we're supposed to be starting in one now. minute or yeah now um, but that's the, that's we the, got through it. yeah, we really did. We covered I'm everything. Proud of us, we, normally too. we ramble. 
And, and we circle. Yeah. But today we were on point. We went through all the to-do list. Um, so hopefully you guys have learned something helpful. But as always, we're right here um, to take questions and, um, you know, walk through these things with you. So um, reach out if you need us. Yeah. And if you feel like your cat's drinking and peeing more, or dog. call us. Or dog. Yeah. Increased drinking and urination is your number one call red flag. Us. for Yeah. Yeah. And if you have a senior pet. Get baseline lab work. That is why yeah. this is important. And if you have a young pet, get insurance. Get insurance yeah. before they have problems so that PSA. you don't have to pay as much out of pocket. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, folks. Um, Bye, guys. Have a good one. Bye.